Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey y'all, welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. I am talking today about your thyroid. And um, I want to specifically talk about some things, some unknowns, uh, some things that affect your thyroid that we don't know about, that a lot of people don't know about. Maybe some of you listening do, but a good refresher if you do. Um, but, but a lot of people don't know about these things, these, these things that um, compete with your thyroid hormone and for your cells like receiving thyroid hormone and what can be done about it. And I, I get, I'm doing this episode because I've getting, been getting a handful of questions about thyroid just thyroid health in general, I guess, but specifically people who are asking like, hey, is it possible to get off my thyroid medication? And I, I think more and more people are dealing with, with thyroid issues. Um, I, I, I really feel like the numbers have to be steadily increasing. And then more and more people are realizing that they don't necessarily like the way they feel on their thyroid um, medicine and medication but that they just want to, you know, maybe do things in a more natural way so they don't have to take as much medication. So I'm here to kind of answer a few of those questions and really talk about the things that affect our thyroid health that could be the path to helping you get off of your thyroid medication. So let's talk about the few things that really affect your thyroid hormone and affect um, how your, your cells receive your thyroid hormone. So all of your cells in your body have thyroid receptors, right? It's whether or not those cells can receive the thyroid hormone. If they can't receive the thyroid hormone, there's, there's too much floating around in your body, or it just is causes your thyroid to produce, um, not the right amount, right? So there's three main chemicals that affect your thyroid hormone and it's chlorine, fluoride, and bromine. Okay, so these are, they're all really chemically related to each other, actually. They're related to each other, but they compete with um, the, the thyroid receptor. So they actually can block iodine receptors in the thyroid. And thyroid uses a lot of iodine. That's one of the main nutrients that it needs to help produce the thyroid hormone. And so it actually can block the iodine receptors in your thyroid. And this is why when we eat, or not eat necessarily, but consume things with um, these chemicals that can really do some damage to your thyroid. So let's talk about these a little bit. So first is chlorine. And as we know, chlorine is just a, you know, a chemical that can be found in your drinking water and your swimming pool, right? So I, oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how important it is for you to drink filtered water. Like, and, and not even just filter, but like really being intentional about the water that you drink. And this is for anybody. It's not just for people with thyroid issues. And I know, you know, my husband has called me a water snob before and I'm okay with the title because it, I think people really underestimate the amount of crap that's in their water. Like bottom line, I think people just really don't understand what's what's in your water. And chlorine is really a huge one. And, and a lot of filtration systems, if they're not 
um, let's say adequate, then they really don't get a lot of the chlorine out of your water. And so you are ingesting a lot of chlorine, just drinking either like kind of minimally filtered water or just drinking, you know, water out of the tap, whatever. So chlorine is a huge one, y'all. If you can just, I mean, just the simplest switch of just drinking filtered water, um, for those of you who are dealing with thyroid issues can make a huge difference. The other thing is fluoride. Okay. Now fluoride is also naturally found in, you know, your water and stuff. But the other thing, as we know, fluoride is a big, big, um, chemical that's found in, you know, toothpaste and mouthwash and, um, just, you know, air pollution too. Like you can breathe it in. It's an air pollution. Um, and it's found in small doses in green tea. So, okay, let's talk about fluoride. Now I know, um, any like dental experts listening are going to like get really mad at me, but I say the first step is to buy the toothpaste without fluoride. I've been doing this for years, really, because there's a lot of evidence that shows that fluoride can actually also alter your gut bacteria and alter your gut microbiome and can be kind of a killer of some good bacteria and can really mess up your gut. So I've always, I, I say always for years, years now, I've bought fluoride free. I've always bought my kids fluoride free toothpaste, um, but it really does the fluoride it really does affect things. And now you're going to naturally get fluoride in the environment. Like it's not something you have to do, you know, excessive. And I know it can be helpful through teeth and all that, but there's other ways you can pretend that's like a whole other episode. So I'm not going to get in that, into that today, but, um, the amount of fluoride in your water, again, all about the filtered water and the amount of fluoride in your toothpaste could have an effect on your thyroid. Now there are some studies that you will see that say it doesn't have an effect, but in my book, if something can affect it a little bit, why not, you know, mitigate what you can, right? And the chlorine and the fluoride, it's an easy thing, right? Drink filtered water and buy fluoride-free toothpaste. Like those are easy things you can do to just even give your thyroid just a little bit of help, right? So the last thing is bromine. Now bromine is another chemical and it's really naturally found in a lot of places. It's, it's, it's found in a lot of things that you know, we come into contact with every day. A lot of pesticides contain methyl bromide, which is, you know, a family member of bromide. Um, it can be found in plastics, in upholstery, in um, drinks like Gatorade and Mountain Dew and Fresca. Like it helps with like the fizziness and the color, I think is what it does there. And other citrus flavored colas, because that kind of helps with like the citrusy color and flavor. Um, it can be found in certain medications like nasal sprays, um, inhalers. Let's see, it can be found in like carpet fabrics and mattresses, upholstery, and then sometimes for treatment of, of like, um, like sanitation treatments and like swimming pools and hot tubs and stuff. But the other thing that it's found in is in flowers and bread. And I think this is where we come into contact with it the most. So we naturally become exposed to this chemical just, you know, on a regular basis, really. Well, and the first thing is a lot of us don't wash our fruits and vegetables enough to get the pesticide residue off. And that really is a huge um, carrier of bromide is it's just left over as a residue. So there's your first tip there is just to wash your fruits and vegetables. Um, obviously buying organic when possible. And that's really, if you go back to the episode I did on when to buy organic, um, 
look at the clean 15 and the dirty dozen and, and to see because it really does make a difference. And here is one of the reasons. It's this particular chemical that can, especially those dealing with thyroid issues, can really affect your health. So washing it, washing your fruits and vegetables and then buying organic whenever possible is gonna be is gonna be huge. So the other thing that another food that's really frequently known to contain bromine is flour. So and this is flour that's made from wheat from corn, from millet, and, and, and some other grains too. They become contaminated with bromine because of the pesticides and that enter, you know, they enter the food when it's being grown. And that's how it enters the food chain. So again, I can't say enough to buy organic whenever possible and to really find um, foods that, even your flowers, I know it sounds crazy, but it really does make a difference. So when you're when you're looking at um like what you should and shouldn't eat right with thyroid with thyroid health and i will say this this is kind of another topic for another day too because i don't want to get into this too much here but gluten is another one and and i'm not going to talk about gluten a lot here but it i also i really feel like it's a combination of the two i feel like the gluten because gluten actually does affect um, like your receptor receptivity of the thyroid hormone in your body. So that's a big one. But I feel like the bromide, I feel like it kind of plays hand in hand because it is found so much in flour. I feel like it's both. I feel like it's the gluten, but I also feel like it's the chemicals on the flour. And so when I'm talking to my clients who are dealing with thyroid issues, and I, I, I mean, it's like at this point, it's probably 8% of my clients have some sort of thyroid thing going on. Um, it's such a huge thing, the, the gluten part for sure. And I mean, I will say for those of you listening right now, they're dealing with hyperthyroid, hyper, hypo, Hashimoto's, Graves, any of those gluten-free really is super important. And I know it can be challenging, but gluten-free, I've had people that have gone gluten-free that that in and of itself has done numbers on their thyroid numbers. I mean, so just the gluten itself, but, but getting rid of flour. And especially if you're going to eat flour, if you're going to eat grains, um, just in general, generally speaking, buying organic. I mean, you really want to limit your exposure to the pesticides and especially that bromine with you're dealing with thyroid issues. The bromine really does make a difference. Um, so yeah, being mindful of the products that you're buying with flour and with the grains, right? Just being mindful of where it comes from. And so let's talk a little bit more about that and, and kind of how it causes this, I mean, I guess toxicity is the word I'm going to use, I guess, because it is, I mean, it is, it is toxic to the body. So yeah. So here's what it does when bromine, and, and this is really for any of those, the chloride, the, flor the fluoride, the fluoride, fluoride and the bromide, when it enters the body, it replaces iodine, right? In the receptor. So it can lead to an underactive thyroid gland because your thyroid is no longer producing the, the thyroid hormones that it needs to for your body to function. And really bromine has its own really direct toxic effects on the tissues. Even if you don't have thyroid issues, it's still a toxin. It's a toxin in your body. So there is some evidence that shows that bromine can even have cancer inducing properties because it is a chemical, it is a toxin. And so there's a lot of scientists out there that believe that high levels in the body can be responsible for cancers of the thyroid, the prostate and the ovary. So, I mean, those reasons in and of itself are reason to really avoid conventional flowers, conventional grains, buying organic really is key there. So when you're looking at, you know, ways to help improve your thyroid function, and really it's all about just mitigating 
the risk to your thyroid, right? It's just, and like I said, the fluoride and the chlorine may not make like substantial, these huge differences in your body. Cause again, you can, you can Google it and look at a lot of people that are like, you know, changing your toothpaste isn't going to do anything for your thyroid. But if, if there's even a small chance that it's going to help even a little bit, and really it's a combination of all of these, right? It's a combination of being mindful of where these three are coming from, how they're getting into your body. That makes the difference. So in conjunction with that, I want to talk about a little, a little bit, a little bit about other ways we can help heal your thyroid, right? So these three chemicals, getting rid of those, minimizing your exposure to those as much as possible is going to be huge. The other thing is doing some practices to help heal your thyroid and to help just your overall thyroid function and, and the things that are related to your thyroid function. So let's look at a list of these. So first we're looking at your liver function. Now the liver is responsible con to converting the unusable thyroid hormone to the usable thyroid hormone, right? When there are issues going on in the liver, it's not going to do its job. So first you want to address the liver. Is there liver congestion going on? Is there liver dysfunction going on, right? Is there issues with your detox pathways there? So there's two phases of liver detoxification. So it's important to know if those two phases are working properly. And if not, then we can do things to help improve those. So for example, if phase two detoxification in your liver is a problem, increasing your intake of cruciferous vegetables can be really helpful. So eating more like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale, all those really sulfurous cruciferous, cruciferous vegetables, I don't know why it's a tongue twister for me, can be really helpful in um, improving that phase two liver detoxification, right? So the liver function is first and foremost. We wanna make sure the liver is function properly. And then also just overall your detox pathway. So your detox organs, your kidneys, your bladder, your, your gallbladder, your lymphatic system, all of these things, your drainage systems, your, your tissues and your cells, all of these things need to be working properly in order to really coach up the function of the thyroid to help the thyroid do its job. And then focusing on the minerals that your thyroid uses the most of, like iodine and selenium are two huge ones. And so you can do this with food. Of course, food is always first and foremost, but then I always think, I always believe in, in, you know, working with supplementation in a mindful way to help, you know, overall efficacy of everything else that you're doing. And so finding a good supplement that's going to help with your selenium and your iodine and those, those big minerals that your, your, your iodine, that your thyroid needs to help with overall function. And then besides that, it's really, it's lowering inflammation. It's getting rid of inflammatory foods. And, I, and like I said before, gluten is a huge one. Gluten is a huge one. If you can cut out gluten um, and really the big main inflammatory foods, and these are the ones I work with my clients when we're on this, this path to like, you know, de-inflammation, this de-inflammation part of their journey. The big, the big inflammatory foods, it's gluten, dairy, sugar, alcohol, soy can be a big one. Um, and while I am not a huge proponent of everybody getting rid of soy, I do find that my clients with thyroid issues, that's a good thing to kind of steer clear of, minimize as much as possible. Um, soy can be a trigger. So minimizing those main inflammatory foods can just lower inflammation in the body. And I've mentioned this before on the show, when you are looking at healing any part of the body, you are looking at, at allowing your body to do what it's supposed to do. Our bodies are meant to heal. Our bodies are made to heal itself. But 
when there's inflammation going on, when the body is in a stress response, when your nervous system, when your body's in a stress response, your nervous system is, is in a stress response and it's in this fight or flight state. When you're in a fight or flight state, your body cannot do its normal bodily functions like it's supposed to, right? So it shuts off the main, like your, your, your executive functioning, right? And that's your digestive, your reproductive system, your, all of these things that on a, you know, in a regular, on a regular basis, they're running your body, they're making your body run properly. It just stops working because all of your, all of your body's energy is going to your heart, your lungs, your brain, because you're either getting ready to fight or run away. Right. So all of these other parts, they just don't work properly because your body's like, well, this isn't important right now because I'm in fight or flight. I either need to get ready to run away or I need to get ready to fight. So it's really important to be able to calm down the stress response in the body. Getting rid of those inflammatory foods is going to be first and foremost. And then I know you know what I'm about to say, but managing stress, managing your nervous system is going to be another huge piece. So find in finding whatever that means for you. Um, and you can, I mean, you can go back through a bunch of these episodes here in the podcast and of itself and find ways, whether it's meditation, mindfulness, journaling, getting outside of nature, um, whatever mindful breath work, right. Whatever mindfulness means to you, whatever, um, you know, stress management and nervous system regulation, whatever, whatever, whatever aspects of that work for you, you just have to find what works for you and you just have to do it consistently. And the, for the first piece of course, is the awareness piece. So being able to understand and become aware of when you are you know, feeling dysregulated when you're feeling you're in that stress state and, and being able to recognize it, recognize your triggers, and then you're able to manage it. You're able to manage when you, you know, are exposed to those triggers, how you deal with those triggers, because, you know, let's be honest, we can't always manage triggers. Like if, if your boss is a trigger, well, you probably have to see your boss, you know, most days of the week. So just being able to manage and having tools in your back pocket, having some quick breathwork practices, you can go back to your desk and, you know, do some breathwork to kind of regulate yourself after you've had a, you know, a really, you know, unfortunate interaction with your boss or coworker, whatever, but just having those tools in your tool belt so that yes, when you become dis dysregulated, it's going to happen. We're humans. You have those tools to be able to bring yourself back down. You have those tools to be able to bring yourself back to homeostasis so they can come back to that regulated state and keep yourself out of that chronic fight or flight state. The chronic fight or flight state is going to prolong your healing. It's going to, it's going to keep your body in that stress response and your body will not heal if you were in that state. It just won't. So doing all of these things I'm talking about here, the supplements and the, all, none of it's going to work if your body is going to be in that fight or flight state. So lowering inflammation in the body, becoming aware of, you know, where you're triggered, where your stress management techniques and nervous system regulation techniques need to come in is going to be crucial before doing all these other things, before adding in the supplements and, and all this other stuff. And that's going to be a huge part of healing and, you know, giving you the opportunity to heal your thyroid and be able to get off the medication and just know that it's, it's going to be a process and it's never going to be a linear process, right? I've had clients before where it's like, oh, our numbers are going down. Our numbers are going in the right direction, but then all of a sudden, you know, they have a checkup and it's like, oh crap, all of a sudden your numbers aren't, you know, it, it just happens that way sometimes. And then we have to make some adjustments. Let's figure out where, you know, where we're leaving some holes and things and, and, and two, that, that is why it helps to have, you know, working with a professional as you're kind of um, working your way off your medication. It, it, it helps to work with somebody who is trained in functional nutrition to kind of help you make those pivots. But just understanding if you are doing it on your own, it's not going to be a linear process and it's going to take time. So um, 
yeah, that's pretty much what I have for you today on your thyroid. I wanted to really hone in on these chemicals that can affect your thyroid because I think these are really a few easy fix fixes that you can you can start to implement right away. The chlorine, the fluoride, and the bromine, and eliminating those as much as possible. Um, eliminating your exposure, limiting your exposure as much as possible, right? With you know buying organic grains and organic flours. And even if you're gluten-free, if you do go gluten-free, it's still looking for the organic because again, the grains just grains in and of itself. Grains are a huge source of pesticide residues. So even if you're going gluten-free, ideally you're going um, organic so that you're limiting your exposure to those toxins, looking for the fluoride-free toothpaste and just getting some dang filtered water, y'all. That can be a huge difference because the other thing of that, again, the conversation for another day, if you're not drinking filtered water, you are increasing your chances of bacteria and parasites in your gut like crazy. And it's a huge source of parasites and pathogens is unfiltered water. And this isn't like, you know, you're going to get Montezuma's revenge here, you know, just for drinking that. But I'm just saying it, it, it can cause dysbiosis from just increasing bad bacteria, bacteria is naturally in the water and increasing your chance of parasites that can embed themselves in your gut and just cause all kinds of other issues. Cause that's another thing that, um, gosh, I, I don't want to say all the time cause I don't like to speak in generalities, but I can say this as a fact, every client that I've worked with that has thyroid issues has a parasite. I can say that as a fact. So it is very, very common that when you're looking at thyroid dysfunction, that there's some sort of parasitic pathogenic activity going on. And that's something else that needs to be addressed. And I didn't mention that before because, I mean, you don't know unless you get tested, right? Testing is always what's going to point that out. But parasites and pathogens in the gut are a huge source of thyroid dysfunction. And so understanding that and knowing if you have that and being able to do the right protocol for that is also going to be a huge piece. Um, but I would recommend like not just guessing on that, like not doing your own parasite protocol because it's, it's not really going to be effective if you don't know what, what, what parasites are talking about. So I would definitely nail that one down as a definite before you just kind of do that part on your own. But all of these other things you can start doing on your own, just limiting your exposure to these things and just putting on yourself, putting yourself on the path to healing. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. I'd love to know um, kind of where you are on your path to healing. If you're looking at getting off medication and you want some more guidance, let me know. I'm happy to um, either point you in the right direction or talk about working together with me. Either way, I am here to support you on your path to healing and I hope to hear from you and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.